It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, your host, Mark Schlereth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, Scott DeHub, producing the show. want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat, for all your workout needs. Mike, I'm still losing a ton of weight. Um, thanks to my friends at Sweet Sweat with all the workout uh, exercise things for home and all the supplements. SweetSweat.com for more information. Also, Superbook. Got to check out our friends at Superbook. Uh, every week we have Jay Cornegay on uh, critiquing our picks. I was uh, going into last week, I was kind of kicking your ass. I think uh, I might have uh, fallen a bit short last week. I'm not 100% sure. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think who you I came back to earth with a thud. We'll find out on Thursday. We will find out on All Thursday. Right, we'll find out a little later in the week. But that's uh, great. Our, our folks uh, for America's Best Bet, that's Super Bet, uh, or Super Book, sorry, um, for America's Best Bet. Scott, can you fix that? For America's Best Bet, that's <laughs> Super Book. There you go. The great presenting sponsors. All right, Mike, how we how we doing, man? Mark Slareth, he's a wordsmith, everybody. Yes. Well, Indeed. Indeed. I, I think I you're am. a little rattled. I think you're a little flustered only because of th- this, this news about the Tennessee Titans having – eight positive COVID tests and shutting down their facility through Saturday. And then the Vikings who played the Titans also out of a, an abundance of caution, also saying that they'll shut down for the, the time being as, as well. I mean, this is something we saw in baseball and baseball was able to mm-hmm. sort of fight through it and end up every team ended up having a full season. So what does this mean for the NFL? Well, I think I think one. Remember during training camp, there was like, uh, was it the Chargers had seventy seven false positives or something, and they have actually gone back and retested these, so they've confirmed these eight cases: three players, five staff members. Um, not exactly sure if they're coaches or they're trainers or whoever they are, but eight overall. And you know, I think now they go into contact tracing and, and, you know, I've had conversations with the NFL. I've had conversations with coaches about these exact scenarios. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're going to do. Obviously, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen in regards to how they, do they keep the facility shut for, for until Saturday? Do they postpone these games that are coming up Um Tennessee Titans take on, I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And uh, and the Vikings take on the Houston Texans. Do they postpone them? Do they rework those games uh, during the bye weeks? I mean, how do they work that exactly? I'm not sure, Mike. I'm not sure how they're going to figure that out. But, you know, I know they've been working on this for a while. I know they have contingency plans. And we'll see exactly what those contingency plans are. Are they going to just do Zoom conferences, like Zoom walkthroughs? Are they going to make them go out there and play? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. This is unprecedented territory. And it'll be interesting to see exactly how they deal with it. But you had to know at some point somebody was going to get sick because they're not in a bubble, although they've operated like a bubble. But, you know, guys go home. Guys, like, guys will go home. You know, their significant other went grocery shopping or whatever. Like, there's going to be some cases that are going to happen. And this will be our first true test to see exactly how they deal with this. Yeah, baseball had the luxury of... Hey, you can get together. You can play a couple seven inning double headers. Right. You have more built in off days that you could easily, you know, fly into another city, play, and you know, get that game off the off the books. And but with the NFL, yeah, it's it's tough. It, it, I mean, what are you going to do? You say, all right, hey, you play on a Sunday. We're going to shoehorn in a game on a on a Wednesday for you two, and then you go back and play your normal game on Sunday. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't do, do that. that. Bye weeks, they don't match up. The Titans' bye week is week seven. The Steelers' week eight, so that doesn't match up. So I will be fascinated, but 
But one thing's for sure. The NFL had the luxury of being able to sit back and watch all the other leagues start up and deal with issues and then watch how they dealt with them and how effective those measures were. So uh, I, I can't believe that the NFL is sitting around right now going, oh, my God, what do we do? I mean, clearly they, they had a plan in place. And I'll tell you what that plan probably includes. Look, there's a ruthlessness to the NFL. They are going to have their season. They are going to finish their season. They have mm-hmm. too much TV money uh, on the hook. So, honestly, Mark, I could even even see it coming down to if a team or teams end up playing less games than everybody else. Right. The league will say, sorry. Yeah, the way we, it is. Hey, we still had, I mean, from a TV contract standpoint, hey, guess what we still had? You know, we may not have had 16 games this weekend, but we still had uh, – you know, we still had 14, and uh, you're fine, and we move on. And instead of being, you know, at the end of the year, instead of being, you know, whatever it is, 10 and 6, hey, guess what you are? 9 and 5. <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> right. we move forward. We move forward. What's the percentage Thanks of wins? For, yeah, like, yeah, we'll, figure, exactly. hey, we'll figure it out. We'll figure, We're it gonna out. figure it out. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I guess I'm just not alarmed, Mike. I'm not, like, I'm not, you know, there. Obviously, there are going to be, you know, a lot of, and, and listen, rightfully so, we've lost over 200,000 people. I get I get the concerns and stuff, but there are the, you know, the COVID panic alert group out there. They're, oh, see, we can't, you know, there and there have been a lot of that. Man, I just remember when baseball yeah. had, had the, like, there were people like, we got to shut it down, shut it down. It's not a bubble. It's over, right? And I remember Buster only coming out and saying, there's 0% chance they're going to get through the season. You remember that? Yep. Guess what? They got through the 60 games. And I believe the NFL will continue to play and, and do their thing. So uh, uh, is it a, is, is there a concern? Yeah. Is there? A, but I, the NFL is not going to panic. No. No. Uh, all right. Let's get to the, to the, the action on the field. The Chiefs. Ridiculous. No. Patrick Mahomes. You know, you know what's... I think most alarming, if if I'm the rest of the NFL, is not just how dominant they looked, mm-hmm. but it's how easy they made it look and how much fun they were having. It was almost like it was like, hey, we'll draw plays up on the dirt. Hey, uh, run uh, run twenty yards down to the fire hydrant, and then cut left. I'll throw it to you. I mean, they were just it was like schoolyard, backyard, having fun and whipping the butts of a really good Baltimore team in the process. And the Baltimore Ravens, I think, were the number one scoring defense in football. So much for that is you you hang 34 on them. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things that, that just came out of this game that resonated deeply with me. One, you, you mentioned it, the fun that the Kansas City Chiefs are having. And, like, Andy Reid is just, like in his element, creating. Pl- I mean, they're creating stuff. They're like, we're so good. Let's do this. You know, let's, hey, let's throw a touchdown to our left tackle. Let's do a reverse, throw it back to the running back down on rail. Like, let's just do all kinds of stupid stuff because we're that good. So, and, and they're having so much fun doing it. And it, it is just special looking. The other thing, going into this game, when Lamar Jackson has a 10-point lead, the Baltimore Ravens are 18-0. When he has a 10-point deficit, they're 0-4. Lamar Jackson, you could sit there and say whatever you want, and he deserved the MVP, and he was phenomenal last year. Lamar Jackson ain't throwing you back into a game at this stage in his career. Sorry. The Baltimore Ravens are built 
to run the football, to set up their play action, to get some one-on-one throws down the seams or on the slants and you know, or the or the overs to the tight ends, and that's how they're built. And they're damn good at it. But when you get up on them and they're forced to try to throw it back in, they had 97 yards of passing yesterday. 97 yards. I mean, Mike, that's that's who they are. So if they don't play with the lead and they don't adhere to their game plan, Patrick, I mean, excuse me, uh, Lamar Jackson is not ready for a prime time. Let us pat, let me pass you guys back in to contention here. He was 15 of 28, 53.6% completion percentage, 97 yards, 3.5 yards per completion or per attempt. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just not quite ready for prime time. They're so, built a certain way. So this is a guy who's 0 two against Mahomes, 0 two in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So what 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 are we looking at here? Is this a is this an overrated player considering MVP award winner? No, Madden cover boy is he an overrated player? No, he is. He's a incredibly dynamic quarterback. Incredibly, but you have to play a certain style. And I don't like, I'm not bagging on Lamar Jackson for that. That's what he is right now. And I'm actually giving the, the Ravens a ton of credit for they know what they have and they know how they have to win. And when they fall victim or they fall out of that realm, all right, maybe they're, overrated they're isn't lose. the right, maybe overrated isn't the right question. Is he a great quarterback? Can you be a great quarterback if you're 0-2 in the playoffs and you're 0-2 against the guy that is the measuring stick, the guy, the team that you're going to have to go through? You can't be a great quarterback if you can't bring your team back from a deficit. If you, you're 0-4 or you're 0-4 when you have a just a 10-point deficit, you can't be a great quarterback. No. No, you, so he's not a great quarterback. No. So I, then he's overrated because a lot of people think he's a great quarterback. I think we just hashed it out. He's he, overrated. He's a, a well. Come on, you can go there. I'll go there. You go there. He's overrated. You go. You ask most people going into the season: Is Lamar Jackson a great quarterback? Yeah. We just proved he's not. So he's overrated. Did we prove? Did we really? Well, yeah. I, I I suppose. I guess that's. I guess that's fair. He's great at what he does. He's. I'm not going to say that he's overrated. He's an incomplete quarterback. How about that? Can I go there? Is that okay with you? I know you like to be, you know, I know like you like to drive the wedge and be controversial, but he's an incomplete quarterback. He does that part of his game has not fully developed. Well, if a guy's an incomplete quarterback, he should never be called a great quarterback. There you go with logic. You always, <laughs> you know, that's the thing I hate about you. You always just throw a bunch of logic. Yeah. Then you get me to say something, and you know what? Everybody holds me accountable. That's hey, right. Stink said, you yeah, know what Stink hey, said? It's the Schlereth podcast. Yeah, right. I'm just here to bust balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, oh, overrated. You got to be able to bring people back. You you have to be able to say, "Hey, we have a 10-point deficit or a 12-point or 15-point whatever it is, and I can throw us back into contention." And he and he has proven so far in his career that that's not his game. You know, it's funny going into that Monday night game. We were already uh, small enough sample size or big enough sample size, I guess, to start handicapping the MVP field in the NFL. Right. And it was 
Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, Josh Allen. Yeah. But all it took was that one performance last night to kind of go, yeah, there's there's still only really one MVP in this league. It's it's Mahomes. Do you, you know the thing that's amazing about him, too, is on the biggest stage. Like, there's something special about a player who on the biggest stage does something great. Derek Jeter in the World Series. Derek Jeter, last at bat of his career, singles. Drives in a run for a, for a victory. Like, there is something special about the guys in the biggest moments. Kirk Gibson, in the biggest moments, they can do something special. And when Patrick Mahomes is prime time, in the playoffs, 24 nothing or whatever it was, victory. We're all right. We just need one, guys, and then the floodgates are going to open. You know, double-digit deficit to Tennessee. It's all right. We're good. We'll get this thing going. Ten-point deficit with six and a half minutes left in a Super Bowl. It's all right. Just got to just gotta throw the wasp. We just got to make one play. There is something special about that guy that can do it when it's nut-cutting time and you're in front of the entire world. And guess what? You just drop a set. That dude has got Boy, that's a great onions. description. Right? Onions double order. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he just said, hey, can you hold these for me for a minute? Right. Like, these things are weighing me down. <laughs> I mean, it just is, it's unbelievable. You talk about the guys. And, and, and you go back. You go back to the primetime game between them and the Rams a few years ago when I think they ended up losing to the Rams. Did they lose? Yeah, it was like 54-51. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy back and forth. But, again, on the biggest stage, I mean, he's going to go down right now on the biggest stage, one of the the great performers, right? I mean, Tom Brady, 28-3 in the Super Bowl. Here we go, boys. It just is, those guys are amazing to me. And you know what? He's done it. I think Russell Wilson does it. Yeah. He, he's that guy. But, you know, as of right now, and it's still young, but Lamar has not been able to do that when they're down. All right, so for all the Bills Mafia out there, where are you on Josh Allen? See, I, see, I think Allen's kind of fascinating because, yes, he pulled out a fourth-quarter comeback the other day. Mm-hmm. But it was a fourth-quarter comeback that was created by mm-hmm. Josh Allen. He threw a pick. He had a fumble right. that led to 14 Rams points that allowed the Rams to come back and take a lead. That Allen then <laughs> came back and rescued. So he giveth and he taketh away. So what is he? Dude, I think he is like, here's what I'll say about Allen. I liked him coming out. I liked, obviously, his arm talent, his toughness, his athleticism. I got to do a, an event at the Super Bowl with him last year, and I loved him. Because, I mean, he was – I was with him and I think T.J. Watt, and he's busting balls up there. Like, and I was like, I, I like this kid. Like, he came off a rookie year or whatever. I, I like where he's at, or second year, I guess, right, last year. And I just 
he was comfortable in his own skin. I think the thing that I really like about the Bills and, and Josh Allen is they know what he is, and they put him in positions to win. Great coaching staffs mitigate their own weaknesses and accentuate the strengths of their players. And I think that that's what's happening in Buffalo right now with McDermott. They know what he is. I mean, how many times do they get him outside the pocket? How many times do they let him run? How many times do they, like, he's a big physical cat, and they let him be big and physical. And, I mean, an exciting, you know, they got a, a pass interference call that, you know, was was. I think it was legit, but it was close. Yeah, yeah I thought it was legit. Yeah, I was if, from it a was, Rams standpoint. I was more bothered by the third and twenty, and they right. played that soft zone and left yeah. a wide open guy in the middle, pocket right. in the middle there. Yeah. So I think there's, I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of merit to what he's doing right now, and you know, I think there's places he could have gone, and he could have just been like Sam Darnold, and he could have been like you know, like some of these other guys that were. You're Josh Rosen that were touted as future Hall of Famers that you know go to a bad spot and just get shell shocked. Like he's in the, in a perfect spot that had a great defense that could win games. Why he learned how to play, and the Bills Mafia got to be excited right now. They're undefeated and they're rolling, and uh, they're a great fan base, man. And and that's a really good football team. They're hungry too. They're hungry. They're like bring on the Patriots. This is the year mm. we went. You know, even though the Patriots have. God, the Patriots. How just, good are the, the Patriots? Patriots just, do you realize they just reinvented themselves on the fly? They they've had two wins this year, over the Dolphins and the Raiders. All right, and in those two wins, I think they averaged about forty rush attempts and like two hundred thirty yards rushing. And they've used you know you talk they're about going back to the days of Steve Grogan and Sam Bam Cunningham. Right. Don't tell me what a player can't be. Tell me what he is. And then let's make a let's create a system that best fits his skill set. I mean, how many rushing attempts? How many legitimate designed rushing attempts does Cam Newton have for them? I mean, and how and how effective when he holds off the backside? I mean, when he holds off the backside with a fake boot keep or whatever, I mean, you're not only holding, you're holding the DN, you're holding the outside linebacker, you're holding the safety from constricting, and you're creating the biggest cutback lanes in the history of cutback lanes because he's so, I mean, he's such a dominant athlete. Like, they have basically, like you said, completely reinvented him themselves. It's why Bill Belichick is considered the best coach of all time. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he just, like, how are we going to win? Okay, let's. What, what's this guy do? Yeah, that that sounds good. No, I don't want to know what he can't do. Um, no, no, no. What can he do? Okay, let's let's build a system that fits that. Like, so or so many other teams are going. Well, you know, yeah, he can do this and he can do that and he can do this, but we can't do this. Ah, screw it. Let's not play him. Like there are so many coaching staffs that operate that way. Well, you know, the guy isn't a great puller. So, you know, we really can't run power. Well, scrap pile, you know, let's not run it. Well, whoa, 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 but the guy's great at X, Y, and Z. So he can't do C. Well, let's eliminate C and just not run it. Brilliant. Sounds now, most simple, coaches right? like Most coaches would be like, nope, I can't play him. Don't have any use for him. He can't do C. And my system requires that we do C. 
Like that, like that, isn't that how it's like here in Denver? I mean, I called the Denver Tampa Bay game. You want to talk about one shitty football team oh. offensively? It's the Denver Broncos. And here they are in back to back games, Mike. Get this 13 sacks, 29 quarterback hits. Okay. And he, a lot of these aren't love tap hits either. No. I mean, these are vicious. They, they've already had one quarterback knocked out of the game. So what do they do? Before the game, they bench one of their tight ends. They they deactivate one of their tight ends. We're going spread, baby. That's right. We're going to chuck this thing around the ball yard with a backup quarterback. And I think to myself, wait a minute, you guys can't block the edges. You have no idea. Your quarterback has no idea where the blitz is coming from. He doesn't have the awareness. And so what are you going to do? Spread people out and make it easier for them to attack you from all edges? Instead of keep an extra tight end up and condense formations and run it. And I said this during the broadcast. I go, put your pe- people in positions to lose. Don't be surprised when your people lose. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't understand the, the philosophical approach. I really don't. And yet, you know, here you are. I mean, that's what you're doing. So, yeah, I, I like I look at New England. I look at what they're doing right now. And I'm like, that's one of the reasons right there that I don't know, a lot of people said, you know, a lot of people said 5-11 and 11 for New England, right? And what did you and I say? They roll out of bed and win nine games. They'll be right in it. So I'm looking forward to this Bills-Patriots matchup. Yeah, you can't talk about the penthouse of the NFL without talking about the outhouse. And already we have a toilet bowl game. We have yes. a Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes potential game. Thursday night, Broncos-Jets, where the loser will be in the driver's seat for the number one overall pick in the draft. Man, if uh, if the Jets lose that game, oh, Adam Gase has got to be gone, right? Right. Got to be. Do you think his stuff is packed in his office right now? Do you think he's got some moving boxes in there? <laughs> I think he's got a moving company on speed dial. I'll put it that way. Because he's, he's got to still look at it at this as being a get-right game. When you know... Right. What, let me let's say, when you know... It's about to go down, and you know your team's not very good. You know, here's the here's the process. You don't just bring in boxes. You bring in like a Whole food shopping bag, and little by little, you start removing your shit from the office. <laughs> you know, every week. So it's not like, obvious? Yeah, every week you take a couple pictures down. Uh-huh. You know, you, you your pen drawer, you clear half of it out. You put it in your... You put it in your Whole Foods bag. Then you leave the office at 10 o'clock at night and go, is Whole Foods still open? I'm going to swing in there and grab some, uh, my wife wants some milk, you know, or some Got fruit my Whole or Foods bag because I'm being responsible. Right. And then every day, <laughs> little by little, then somebody walks in your office and your desk is completely clean. You don't even have the daytimer pad, you know, that you write on top of right. the calendar. Family photos are gone. Family photos are gone. It's just a clean desk, you know. It's got nothing left on it. Who's the worst team in football right now? Broncos, uh, Jets, Giants. Wow, the state of New York football, by the way. Oh, oh man, who's who's the who's the worst team in football right now? You know, you know what's crazy about this? I I think you could make a compelling argument for the the Jets, but dude, at least the Jets and the and the um, 
Giants have young quarterbacks that they have high investments in that they have a high belief could be good in the right situation. Well, the Broncos think they have that two in lock, and they'll get him back. Hurt, in a, though, I'm yeah, saying. but they'll get him back in a couple of weeks with still enough time to see what they got. I I would like to say that right now the worst team in football is the Jets. Yes, but well, here's here's the big reason why because I think of the three bad teams we're talking about, that's the team that's probably quit on their coach the most. Okay, uh, that that's fair. I think that's a hundred percent fair. But with of, the Giants fast approaching, <laughs> well, think about think about where the Broncos are right now. This is the first time. This is hard. This is hard, man. This is the first time in the history of this franchise that they've started back to back seasons at zero and three. They had some terrible teams back in the sixties. It's the first time they've ever gone zero and three, zero and three to start a seasons back to back seasons. Okay, that's one. Two, Mike, you ready for this? Obviously, at 0-3, they're not going to the playoffs, playing backup quarterbacks. It looks like Brett Rippon is going to start for them on Thursday night. They haven't announced it yet, but I believe that's what's going to happen. They're the first time in Super Bowl era. I heard this yesterday. First time in the Super Bowl era that somebody won the Super Bowl and then didn't go to the playoffs five straight years after. Now, they still have a mathematical chance of going to the to the playoffs. Like, I have a mathematical chance of getting struck by lightning on my way home today. There is a chance of that happening, even though it's bright sunshine and not a cloud in the sky here in Denver. <laughs> but there is a chance. It's, sky, it's, it's dumb and dumber. One in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. Um, they ain't going to the playoffs. Not this team. This team is garbage. And I, I know they've been in, injured, and so, um, you know, and they've, they've lost, what, five starters on IR, and they've got 11 guys that are injured and not play. I, I get that. I get that. But they just they weren't going to playoffs regardless. Sets up actually kind of an interesting game, doesn't it, on Thursday? It, it, it is. It's actually sometimes those infamy games, infamous mm. games, mm. you know, just terrible teams. It's almost kind of fascinating. To see who truly is the worst. This would be like if you had seriously, if you had like, like picture like a hill, and it goes down into this valley in the middle. Like you are on pavement, and it's just like this like downward slope. So it makes almost a U. And you lined up one dumpster on the top <laughs> of one hill, uh-huh. and another dumpster on the top of the other hill. Uh-huh. And then you lit those dumpsters on fire. Yes. And then you pushed them both down the hill and see which one smashes. And like, I'd have to watch. Yeah. That's this is the dumpster. <laughs> I couldn't turn away. This is the dumpster fire bowl. Yeah, you go. It's right. It used to be the toilet bowl. I think the dumpster fire bowl. The is dumpster better. fire bowl. And you know what? You know who's watching this game on Thursday night? Trevor Lawrence is going. Oh, please God, no. <laughs> Can I have an extra year of eligibility? Right. Like, what, what What can I do? I don't think Justin Fields is going to feel too good about it either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Oh, it's just bad. It is just bad. But, you know. It'll still get higher ratings in the uh, NBA Finals and the MLB playoffs. That is for sure. There's no question about that. All right, man. For uh, everybody associated with the Stinking Truth Podcast, Mike, thank you so much. 
Scott the Hup, the producer, thank you. Thanks to our great sponsors, uh, the the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. For more about Sweet Sweat, check them out at sweetsweat.com and also Superbook for America's Best Bet. That's Superbook. Until Thursday when we go head-to-head on our moneymaker picks. Um, and I think I really struggled last week, but we'll see exactly where we are on Thursday. Until then, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday.